family, and greetings to our guest. We bring you this service today because today is Sunday, the Lord's Day, and we want you to have an opportunity to worship and praise our God. What we are going to do in this particular time of worship is focus on Jesus, the Lamb of God. Think about how it was said of Jesus, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. John 1, 29. And it just seems that from Genesis through Revelation, great emphasis is given to the Lamb, our Lord. Me today, one of our deacons, Thomas Marshall. Thomas is going to uh, lead us in a couple of songs, make several comments, and also lead us in a Lord's Supper meditation on this, the first day of the week, for those of you that want to observe the supper with us. Thomas, what is the first song that you picked out concerning Jesus, the Lamb of God, and why? Good morning, Brother Mike. I picked Lamb of God. Uh, It was written by Twyla Paris in 1985. This song, this song exemplifies what Christ's role was. He exemplified the fact that he was the perfect son of God. He was the gift of love that God gave. He shouldn't have had to come, but he did anyway. And, and we can see the beauty of God's plan, and we can enjoy the perfection because of the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So let's uh, let's sing the first verse of it this morning. Your only Son, no sin to hide from your side, to walk upon this guilty side, and to become the Lamb of God. O Lamb of God, sweet Lamb of God, I love the Holy Lamb of God. O wash me in His precious blood, my Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. I really enjoy singing that song. Brother Mike, you want to give us one that you've picked? Sure, I'd like to do that. I gave my life for thee. That's the song that I chose. And really, I chose it because of its connection with the blood of Jesus. You can't think of Jesus as the Lamb without thinking of the Lamb giving his life for the people, shedding his blood for us. Matthew 26 and verse 28, This is the blood of my New Testament, shed for many unto the remission of sins. Let's sing the first and last verses of I gave my life for thee. I gave my life for thee, my precious blood I shed, that thou my ransom be, and quicken from the dead. 
I gave, I gave my life for thee. What hast thou given for me? I gave, I gave my life for thee. What hast thou given for me? And I have brought to thee, he down from my home above, salvation full and free, my pardon and my love. I bring, I bring rich gifts to thee, what hast thou brought for me? I bring, I bring rich gifts to thee. What hast thou brought to me? Thomas, if you don't mind, would you share with us some thoughts regarding the Lord's Supper? And then, after the supper is observed, would you lead us in another song that you picked about Jesus the Lamb? You bet. So as I was looking at this, it's interesting in the kids' class, we've been looking at the life of Jesus, the early ministry. And, and this last week, we spent some time in John chapter 4. Jesus speaking to the Samaritan woman and, and telling her about living water. And, and at the end of that, his disciples come back to him in verses 27 through, through 38. And they come to him trying to get him to eat. Now, if we think about where Jesus is at, Jesus' early beginning of his ministry, he's just spent 40 days in the wilderness. He's been baptized. He, he's, he's just kicking things off. And his disciples are concerned for his physical body. They would say to him in verses 31 through 34, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat, which you do not know. Therefore the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him anything to eat? They're, they're stuck in their confusion. And Christ would explain to them that his food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. So this morning as we prepare our minds to partake of the Lord's Supper, I want to look at those two statements briefly. First, the will of my Father who sent me, and second, to finish his work. These should help us focus our mind a little bit on the God that we serve and the son and older brother that we can remember today. First, let's look at the will of the Father who sent me. God's plan from the garden involved one who would come, born of a woman who had a purpose. We see Genesis 3.15. What, there would be enmity put between the serpent's seed and her seed. We, we see that his role was to crush his head and the serpent would bruise his heel. Thinking about that, his purpose is to completely defeat the power of darkness. When you cut off or crush a snake's head, its body becomes lifeless. It has no, there's nothing else to keep the blood flowing. Christ was all about doing the will of his Father. From an early age, we think about Christ in the temple at age 12, Luke 2, 41 through 50. He, he was in there astonishing people 
with his knowledge, with his questions, with, with being for them an encouragement, kind of a confusion almost. And when his parents came to him saying, why have you done this to us? Don't you know I have to be about my father's business, doing the will of the one who sent him? After being tempted and tried in the wilderness, he continued to preach to many people the good news that God had sent the Lamb. And we see in Luke 4.43 that he... So we've looked at Jesus fulfilling the purpose, the will of God. God's will is for all men to come to him, to be saved from their sins, to, be re, to have the ability to be reunited with him in eternity in heaven. Not for selfish reasons, but out of the great love that which he loved us, 1 Timothy 2.4. And because of that love, we know that he's not slack concerning his promise, that he wants all men to come to re- repentance. 2 Peter 3, 9. Christ understood his purpose in doing the will of God. Let's switch gears for just a moment and look at that second statement. Finish his work. Christ had a a deadline that was coming. That that deadline is the great opportunity, the thing that we gather around to remember this morning. His end goal was the cross. There was no alternative to accomplish the will of God. In John chapter 13, verses 36 and 37, Christ would help Peter to understand that he knew what he was going to do and that no one else could take his place. Christ, throughout his ministry, continued to tell people, this is what's going to happen. I'm I'm going to tear down the temple and in three days rebuild it. John 2, 19, John 3, 14. Christ stood in the hall of Pilate, condemned. Being completely innocent, he understood the will of his father. And he wasn't afraid or ashamed to do what he was here to do. The Son of God, the one who created all things, John 1, 1 through 3, stood at the mercy of his creation, knowing full well that he would not get out of there alive. Christ's end goal was to finish his work. Prior to breathing his last, our Savior's final words, it is finished, John 19, 30. But thankfully, thankfully, on Sunday morning, three days later, an angel would ask Mary, why do you seek the living with the dead? Luke 24, 5 and 6. As we remember his sacrifice today, let us Keep the focus wholly on him and his desire to fulfill the will of the one who sent him and recall to our minds because he was successful in his fulfillment. Because he finished well the task given to him, we can hold fast to the hope of eternity in heaven with him and with God. This time let's let's bow for, for the bread. Heavenly Father, thank you of the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Thank you, Father, for his willingness to come. Thank you, Father, that he understood and his end goal was to accomplish your will. Father, as we brow for this bread, which represents his body, it was pierced, beaten, hung on a cross, I pray that 
we will ever keep in mind the fact that he loved us, that you love us, and that you desire for us to spend time with you in eternity in heaven. Thank you, Father, for him. Thank you for his willingness to come. Through Christ I pray. Amen. Let's bow again for the cup. Father, we thank you for the perfect blood that your son shed. We thank you that that blood covers our sin, that that blood fills in and makes us whole and perfect again in your sight. Father, I pray that we will ever keep in mind the fact that he knew from the beginning what his end would be, and he still chose to come. Father, thank you for love. Thank you for blessing us with this opportunity to gather around this table to remember your son's sacrifice. It's through his holy and precious name we pray. Amen. So let's look at my second song real quick this morning. I picked Worthy is the Lamb. This is a, a traditional melody that I couldn't find any information on the writer or anything, but as I look at the song, it, it speaks of Jesus being our Lamb, the glory due to his name, and the fact that he is worthy. It, it, it reminds me of the throne room in Revelation 4, 5, and 6, where we see a lamb who looked like he had been slain coming to take the scroll. I, I enjoy on Sunday mornings before coming to worship, spending a little time looking at the throne room and then gathering with, with the myriads, if we will, to sing and worship our God. So let's sing the first and the third of Worthy is the Lamb. <clears throat> Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. Jesus is the Lamb. Jesus is the Lamb. Jesus is the Lamb. Jesus is the Lamb. I don't think that Thomas could have picked uh, two better hymns dealing with the theme of Jesus, the Lamb of God. 
And one of the things that he said a few moments ago in our Lord's Supper meditation, Jesus is the focus. He's the focus that should be in our minds and hearts when we partake of the Lord's Supper. He's the focus of our praise and worship as He is God come down for our sin. Paul would write, For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Philippians 1.21 As I think about all of the passages in Scripture that refer to Jesus as the Lamb, the one that really seems so comprehensive to me is found in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. It beautifully summarizes, it seems, everything the Bible says about Jesus as the Lamb. And as you look at that passage in your Bible with me, 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19... Let me give you six observations concerning Jesus, the Lamb, from that passage. Observation number one, the necessity of the Lamb. Knowing you were ransomed or redeemed from the feudal ways that you inherited from your forefathers. That passage is talking about the necessity of of the Lamb. The writer of Hebrews would say, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. Hebrews 9, 22. And that it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sin. Hebrews 10 and verse 4. What we see at the beginning of 1 Peter 1, 18 is the necessity of the Lamb for us to be ransomed, for us to be redeemed, for us to be set free from the bondage of sin. We needed Jesus to come. We needed the Lamb. But secondly, observe this from 1 Peter 1, 18. The preciousness of the Lamb. Peter goes on to write through the Holy Spirit that... We were not redeemed with silver or gold. Those are two of the most precious commodities on earth. Imagine what many people in this old world will do for silver and gold. But the passage says we were not redeemed with what men tend to esteem most highly. We weren't redeemed, liberated from the bondage of sin with silver or gold. Here's a third observation from 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19. But we were redeemed or ransomed with the precious blood of Christ. The observation I'd like to make thirdly is the personhood of Jesus. Think of all of the lambs and goats that were killed through the years in Judaism. Think of all the sacrifices that have been offered since the beginning to idols. 
and you look at 1 Peter 1 and verse 19 with the precious blood of Christ, a person. In Isaiah 53, this was prophesied. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned, each one of us, to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. As a lamb that is led before its shearers is silent, so opened he not his mouth. You see, Peter wants everyone to understand that the lamb is a person, that the lamb is Jesus Christ, the long-awaited king, the anointed one. Fourth, and looking at 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19, you can see this observation. The sacrifice of the Lamb. The precious blood of Jesus. Obviously, what we have in mind here is a sacrificial death that's very violent in nature. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 26, 28, this is the blood of my New Testament shed for many for the forgiveness of sins. And this is why we can speak of Jesus not just as the lamb, but as the shepherd who willingly lays down his life for the sheep. John chapter 10, verses 17 and 18. Look at the spotlessness of the Lamb in this passage. 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19. The spotlessness of the Lamb without blemish or spot. That's one thing, ladies and gentlemen and brothers and sisters, that tells us a lot about the nature of Christ's sacrifice and why you and I couldn't make the sacrifice for ourselves. Because we were blemished and spotted by sin. We lacked the ability to deal with our sins, much less helping deal with anyone else's. But we see in Jesus a lamb without spot or blemish. Finally, from verse 20, we see the provision of the Lamb, who was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was manifested in these last times for our sakes. The provision of the Lamb wasn't something uh, that God just thought about after man sinned. Jesus was foreknown before the foundation of of the world. And what that means is this. In the tremendous, in the incomprehensible mind of God, Jesus was foreknown. God knew that he would need to come here and die for us. Even before this old world was created. What a great mind is behind our salvation.
what a great lamb is behind our salvation. Jesus should be the focus of our worship. Because of him, our sins are washed away. Because of him, we have access to God. Because of him, we have the blessed assurance of an eternal home forever. What a great Lord. What a great Savior. The song that I have chosen is an old song by Lowell Mason called My Faith Looks Up to Thee. It seems like an awfully good song to kind of conclude our thoughts this day from. My faith looks up to thee. Let's sing the first, the second, and the last verses. My faith looks up to thee, thou Lamb of Calvary, Savior divine. Now hear me while I pray, take all my guilt away oh let me from this day be holy thine may thy rich grace impart strength to my fainting heart my zeal inspire as thou hast died for me oh may my love to thee pure warm and change less be a living when ends life's transient dream, when death's cold sullen stream shall o'er me roll, lest Savior then in love fear and distrust remove oh bear me safe above a ransom soul we hope that you have benefited from this brief time of us singing and meditating on Jesus the Lamb. Thomas, do you have anything that you'd like to add as we kind of bring things to a close? Just, we're thanking about you. We're praying for you. We, we love you. And, and we, we look forward to 
being able to gather again hopefully soon. Amen to that, Thomas. We thank you so much for looking this up online and for choosing uh, to worship with us today. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Not just the world's sin, but people's sin like you and me. That personalizes it. Thank you again for being with us. Let's close with a word of prayer. Father, we come to you through Jesus, thanking you for the Lamb of God. How blessed we are to know forgiveness and pardon and redemption through Him. How blessed we are to be able to be called Christians. For we are bought and paid for by the precious blood of Jesus. God, help us to be people of faith. Help us to be people of joy and peace. In a world that seems so topsy-turvy. In a world that seems so distant from you. Help us to be salt and light. Help us not to become weary in doing the things that are good. Help us to remember that you love and take care of your own. Thank you for your compassion and mercy and grace. Bless all of those that are sick and struggling. Bless those throughout the world that are dealing with this virus. And also bless those that have lost their jobs. God, we look to you. And we know there's no one better to look to. You are our hope. And we praise your name. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for being with us. And may our great God bless you with a wonderful week. We love you. Bye-bye.